0: Everybody, welcome to the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast, presented by the Hampton Inn Waco North. This episode in the locker room with the 2019 Texas Sports Hall of Fame induction class. I'm Jackson Michael, author of The Game Before the Money, and writer/director of We Were the Oilers: The Love You Blue Era, and excited to celebrate. The 2019 class of the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. The Texas Sports Hall of Fame welcomed its 2019 class on March 30th, 2019 with a gala event. In this episode, we'll eavesdrop in on the press conference and the induction ceremony, which celebrated seven new members into the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. And we'll even check in with a longtime Hall of Fame member and one of the cornerstones of the Dallas Cowboys franchise, Bob Lilly. This year's inductees included tennis great Maureen Connolly Brinker, kicker Tony Franklin, Houston Texans legend Andre Johnson, basketball superstar Nancy Lieberman, 1966 Outland Trophy winner Lloyd Phillips, Texas Longhorn pitching icon Greg Swindell, and Dallas Cowboys great Jason Witten. Let's take a look at each 2019 Texas Sports Hall of Fame member in alphabetical order. Tennis great Maureen Connolly Brinker was born and raised in San Diego, California, but later moved to Texas and founded the Maureen Connolly Brinker Tennis Foundation in Dallas with her friend Nancy Jeffett. Her nickname, Little Mo, came about by comparing her powerful tennis shots with the guns of the battleship USS Missouri, nicknamed Big Mo. Maureen's short yet dominating tennis career ended in a horse-riding accident at age 19. She tragically passed away from cancer at age 34, and her daughter, Cindy Brinker-Simmons, spoke on her behalf at the induction ceremony and press conference. Brinker-Simmons summarizes her mother's unparalleled play on the court.
1: Sports history has recorded mom's stunning accomplishments on the tennis courts. It is awe inspiring that in her last 12 months of competitive play, mom never lost a tennis match. And she won all nine Grand Slam tournaments in which she competed over four years, propelling her to the number one ranking in the world in 1952, 53, and
0: 54. Little Mo's championship play was the result of an exceptional dedication to excellence. Brinker Simmons shared a story about her mother's work ethic. Immediately
1: after she won the U.S. Open in 1951 at the age of 16, at that time being the youngest player ever to do so, she could not be found when the organizers were about to make a courtside trophy presentation. The organizers panicked, and they looked all over, but there was no little mo in sight. They scoured the courts, and on the most secluded back court. There was my mom hitting overheads because she felt that her overheads had not been up to her standard of excellence in that championship match.
0: Maureen Connolly Brinker not only desired to become the world's top-ranked tennis player, but also felt a need to share the sport with future generations. Mom
1: had a deep compassion and desire to invest in the lives of others. She wanted to give back to the game and the sport of tennis that had blessed her life with so much joy, so much opportunity, and so many great personal relationships. She mentored aspiring tennis players, she taught clinics to the underprivileged, and she coached promising junior players. In 1968, she co founded the Maureen Conley Brinker Tennis Foundation to help further and develop junior tennis. Last year, we celebrated our 50th anniversary.
0: Brinker Simmons added that those who knew Maureen Connolly Brinker best knew her as more than just an outstanding tennis player. While mom's dominance on the tennis court was dazzling,
1: more importantly, her family, friends, and fans marveled at her humility, compassion, faith, courage, grace, resilience, and excellence.
0: Because of her accomplishments both on and off the court, the United States Post Office recently issued the Little Mo Forever stamp, honoring her as one of the most important women in American sports history.
1: And my Christmas cards this year will not have the Madonna and Child, but will have Little Mo <laughs> <laughs> on the Christmas cards.
0: Maureen Connolly Brinker is the sixth tennis legend to be inducted into the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. We'll bring you a full episode celebrating her. In a future Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast, Tony Franklin became the first kicker inducted into the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. He was also the first kicker to gain a full ride scholarship at Texas A&M. During his college career, he broke 18 NCAA records and was noted for extra long field goals. He kicked two field goals over 60 yards in a 1976 game against Baylor and earned MVP honors in the Sun Bowl after kicking a 62-yard field goal against Florida. In pro football, Tony kicked field goals in two Super Bowls. He credited his teammates for his accomplishments and spoke of what his Texas Sports Hall of Fame induction means to him. A lot of guys have to
2: block a lot of guys for me to get an opportunity to get the ball up over the line of scrimmage. And i got to have a great snap and a great hold, and I've been blessed my entire career, high school, collegiately, and professionally. So for me to be able to be the first specialist means probably more to me than anything I've ever received in my athletic career because I am a Texan and I, I will die a Texan, and this is a big deal for me.
0: Those of you who remember Tony's kicking probably remember that he kicked barefoot. He explained why at the press conference. Back then,
2: the the soles of the shoes were so thick. Where I hit the ball on my foot, which was on the top... I couldn't flex it enough to get it to where I could hit it where I needed to, so I just took the shoe off, and wow, all of a sudden, instead of making like three out of ten, I was making like nine out of ten, and I just decided, like Daryl Rawl once said, I'm going to dance with who brung me, so that's, that's what I did, and that's why.
0: Tony stands proud of the fact that through his high school, college, and pro career, no team ever scored a touchdown against him on a kickoff return. He highly valued his defensive skills, which he noted goes back to playing high school football in Texas.
2: I actually played high school football in Fort Worth with Mike Renfro, who played with the Cowboys and the Oilers. Mike and I played high school ball together. I played free safety, and I punted, and I kicked. One thing that I'm most proud of in my entire career, nobody may not ever know this, but I was all district and all county as a free safety. I ran a 4-5-40 back then, and, uh, but I only weighed 150
0: pounds. Although Tony was a quick and feisty defensive back, he did find himself overmatched once during a Texas high school state playoff game.
2: We played Tyler John Tyler my junior year in high school. They had a tailback by the name of Earl Campbell. We were ahead, it was student body right, and it was me and Earl on the sidelines and I gave him the lick that I I mean I hit him hard. Next thing I know, I'm waking up on the sidelines. <laughs> and I said, "Did I get him?" And they said, "Yeah, like a bug on a windshield."
0: <laughs> Tony's brilliant college career at Texas A&M urged the Philadelphia Eagles to make him their third-round draft choice. In 1979, he also played for the New England Patriots and Miami Dolphins. You can hear more from Tony Franklin in the Raymond Berry episode of the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast, as he shared his memories of the Raymond Berry coached Patriots earning a trip to Super Bowl XX. Andre Johnson is the first Houston Texans player inducted into the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. The honor fits him perfectly, as he stated that he wanted to put the Houston Texans franchise on the map.
3: In 2003, when I was drafted by the uh, Houston Texans, I really didn't know what to expect. I grew up in Miami, you know, I went to college in Miami, it was my first time being away from home. You know, I was coming to a new franchise, and I knew it it would be some tough times. My second year I made my first Pro Bowl, they would call the teams up in alphabetical order and uh, they said the Houston Texans were up next. I don't know who the guy was, but I saw a guy mumble to one of the guys who worked in the NFL and was like, who in the hell is here from the Houston Texans? <laughs> that was something that always stuck with me. Um, it was always something that I kept you know, inside of me. It was a fire that burned that I wanted to put the Houston Texans on the map. You know, that was my biggest thing. That was something I wanted to do. And when you thought of the Houston Texans, you thought of Andre Johnson.
0: Johnson made seven Pro Bowls and was named All-Pro twice. He led the NFL in receiving yards in back-to-back seasons and led the league in receiving yards per game three times. Although NFL football is a game of high-level action, he stayed calm before games.
3: People always told me I was the calmest guy before a game. A lot of people don't know. I used to listen to gospel music before the game. It kept me mellow. Um, I wasn't like all the other guys. I wasn't a rah-rah guy. You know, I just wanted to be more relaxed so I can go out and perform.
0: Andre said he considers being a part of the Texas Sports Hall of Fame a very special honor.
3: Anytime you are inducted into a Hall of Fame, is truly humbling. I really didn't know much about the Texas Sports Hall of Fame until last year when Coach Kubiak, a guy I played for Coach Gary Kubiak, was inducted. And just to walk around the day and see some of the things that are in there is truly amazing. And Now that me being a part of it and being inducted, um, it's a very, very special honor. He
0: concluded by thanking his family, the Texans organization, and Texans fans.
3: I would like to thank my family, my mom, my uncle, my brother. Um, They're pretty much in my support system throughout all my years of playing. Whether I was playing or not playing, rain, sleet, snow, they were at every game and I um, truly appreciate you guys for that. To my mom, I appreciate you so much. I was telling um, a story about you uh, the other day. I, was, I think I was about seven years old. I forgot my football cleats for a game, so I was playing in tennis shoes, and I was at the first half of the game, I was playing very terrible. I was a quarterback at the time, so every time I try to make a cut, I was slip and fall, so I'm crying and not really into the game. So at halftime, I'm walking off the field, and I don't know if this has happened to anybody in the room, but my mom ran on the field and jacked me up at the 50-yard line in front of her. <laughs> so, I'd like to thank you for instilling that toughness in me. (laughs) But uh, once again, um, in closing, I'd like to thank the Houston Texans organization, Bob McNair, who's uh, passed on, him and his family, Janice McNair, just for giving me the opportunity to come and be a part of that organization and let me live out my childhood dreams. I'd like to thank all the Houston Texans fans for all over, man. The support you guys showed us throughout the years, uh, it was truly amazing. So I'd like to thank you all for being here tonight, and just thank you. (laughs) Andre Johnson, who also
0: ran track in addition to playing football at Miami, holds the Texans' team career records for most career receptions, most receiving yards, and most receiving touchdowns. Nancy Lieberman represented our country at the 1976 Olympics in Montreal as part of the first ever U.S. Women's Olympic basketball team. She said that first step in her remarkable career was both a humbling and memorable
4: highlight. I feel very fortunate to have been able to represent the United States for us to win a silver medal, because there is nothing like standing on that podium and bending your head down and having somebody place that medal around your neck. It's the greatest feeling in the world.
0: In a moving and inspiring induction speech, Lieberman illustrated how playing sports can change one's life, and she encouraged people to reach towards their life goals.
4: I came from a poor family. I had no father, I had no food, I had no heat, I had no electricity. All I had was sports. I go to Old Dominion on a college scholarship because I couldn't have gotten there without one. And we win back-to-back national championships. See, I needed sports more than sports needed me. I was a broken kid hiding behind just the talent that I had. But the one thing that I was not, I was not afraid. And there's so many people in life who don't go for what they want because they see failure and they don't see success.
0: Nancy met Muhammad Ali in December of 1979 at a US Olympic team fundraising event at the New York Stock Exchange. He became her mentor and Lieberman shared some lessons she learned from the champ.
4: He taught me to respect everybody and to fear nobody. He told me that I could be whatever I wanted to be in life but I had to believe in me. She gratefully
0: acknowledged the city of Dallas welcoming her when she became a member of the Dallas Diamonds. She also stated that she highly values the importance of giving back. She founded Nancy Lieberman Charities, which focuses on changing the lives of disadvantaged children, promoting both education and wellness.
4: The greatest thing we can give each other is a chance. And if we lead with love and we lead with kindness and we lead with a heart to give, There's two people in this world. There's givers and there's takers. I'd rather think that I'm on the side of giving.
0: Nancy won an Olympic silver medal, a Pan Am Games gold medal, two national championships, twice won player of the year honors, and was also named the nation's top female athlete, all before her tremendous pro basketball and coaching career. When asked what made her most proud, however, her answer veered away from her athletic accomplishments.
4: I'm most proud of my son, TJ Klein, who played at Plano West, then became a Richmond Spider, and a couple years ago, A-10 Player of the Year, who's playing over in Israel right now. And I'm really proud of everything he's done. It's hard when your parent is a somebody to figure out where you belong in the mix.
0: Nancy Lieberman is recognized as a trailblazer becoming the first woman to play in the United States Basketball League, the first female head coach of a men's professional basketball team, and she even served as an assistant coach for the NBA's Sacramento Kings. In 2018, she became the Big Three League's first female head coach. She led her team power to the Big Three Championship and earned Coach of the Year honors. Despite her groundbreaking success, She said that's not the reason why she got into sports.
4: And you don't play sports to be a groundbreaker or a Hall of Famer or an Olympian. You play because it's fun and you enjoy the people you're around and it brings you great joy and happiness.
0: When we return, we'll hear from the remaining members of the 2019 Texas Sports Hall of Fame class, and also hear from Dallas Cowboys legend Bob Lilly. When we return to In the Locker Room with the 2019 Texas Sports Hall of Fame induction class. On the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast, presented by the Hampton Inn Waco North. If you've enjoyed listening today, please visit the Texas Sports Hall of Fame in Waco. The museum tells the story of the greatest athletes and coaches in Texas history by using objects from its collection, which numbers over 15,000. And when you come to Waco, be sure and stay at the Hampton Inn, Waco North, located just eight minutes from the museum on I-35. The Hampton Inn has recently been renovated and includes free hot breakfast, free Wi-Fi, and an indoor-outdoor pool. And since the Hampton Inn is the official hotel of the Texas Sports Hall of Fame, you never know who you might bump into in the lobby. Hey, is that Earl Campbell? And now back to In the Locker Room with the 2019 Texas Sports Hall of Fame Induction Class on the Texas Sports Hall of Fame Podcast, presented by the Hampton Inn, Waco, North. Lloyd Phillips grew up in Longview, Texas, and starred for the Arkansas Razorbacks football team in the mid-1960s. He twice earned All-American honors and won the prestigious Outland Trophy in 1966 as the country's best interior lineman. He was a first-round draft pick of the Chicago Bears, but injuries shortened his promising NFL career. He spoke of what being elected to the Texas Sports Hall of Fame means to him. Oh, it's a tremendous honor.
5: I mean, it's uh, very humbling. You know, there's all kinds of adjectives that you could use, but humbled and proud, I would think, sums it all up.
0: He also enjoyed mingling with one of his own heroes and sharing a spot with him in the Texas Sports Hall of Fame.
5: I got to meet Bob Lilly tonight, and folks, that was a tremendous thrill for me. I was talking to my wife about it, and uh, she said, isn't he the the one that you had a picture up on your bulletin board when you were in college? And I said, yeah.
0: After the induction ceremony, Phillips shared with us why he chose the University of Arkansas over other schools and what legendary Razorback coach Frank Broyles taught him. I looked at all the Southwest Conference
5: schools in LSU and, and Oklahoma. Uh, Bud Wilkinson was coaching at Oklahoma that time. and uh, But Coach Broyles, I, uh, I was telling Ed here a while ago that they came in and recruited me hard and, and kind of worked on my ego and tell me how bad they need me, and that kind of, you know, just made you feel real wanted. What did you learn from Coach Broyles that helped you through the rest of your career or your life? Discipline, and you had to work hard. To get something, you know, you needed to, to pay the price. I mean, you just don't expect it
0: to be given to you. you. Go out and earn it. Greg Swindell remains one of the most decorated pitchers in Texas Longhorn history. He made All-American every year that he pitched for the Horns. At the induction ceremony, he offered thanks to his college pitching coach.
6: My pitching coach, Clint Thomas, is here tonight. He called almost every pitch I threw in college. People say, what what about this and that? And I go, well, that man called every pitch. (laughs) I just threw them. So thank you, Clint, for all you've done. I definitely wouldn't have made very much success to the next level if it wasn't for
0: you. Greg Swindell pitched 17 years at the major league level and won the World Series as a member of the 2001 Arizona Diamondbacks.
6: And the funny story about that is, I was a free agent, we had already moved to Arizona, and my wife was like, why don't you sign with Arizona? I'm like, Diamondbacks? They've been around one year, this expansion team. I, I wanna win, I wanna win a World Series. Well, we were at bingo night, really. At the elementary, they made us an offer,
0: can't refuse, signed with Arizona. Three years later, we won a World Series. Although he waited a long portion of his career for a championship, he stated that it was worth the wait.
6: I don't think I would have appreciated it if it had happened early in my career. That's what you play for. You play for the title. You play for the ring. You have the money, the accolades, everything is great, but I have
0: a ring. Greg grew up in Fort Worth and stated how much the Texas Sports Hall of Fame induction means to him. Being a native Texan, this is my highest honor. You can hear more about Greg Swindell's outstanding college career in the Cliff Gustafson episode of the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast. Jason Witten grew up in Tennessee and played college football for the Volunteers. He quickly became a fan favorite playing tight end for the Dallas Cowboys and holds multiple team and NFL records. He's made the decision to come out of retirement and resume his storied career with the Cowboys this season. He spoke about his decision to return to action.
7: First off, you got to know where you're at and, and making a decision. And so, I think any competitor would say uh, before you make a decision to come back, you, you also don't want to be a shell of yourself uh, on the performance side. And that was the first thing that I had to find out on my own. And there's just there's there's something inside you. There's a fire. And for me. That fire was just too strong, and you know, I said it when I retired a year ago, I I don't know that anybody really knows when it's their time to go, and I was no different. Witten's fire
0: first sparked as a youth in Tennessee. He credited his mother for helping the family through difficult
7: circumstances,
0: and his grandfather for installing his respect and love for the
7: game. Early on, I I wasn't dealt the best of hands. Uh, I had adversity early on in my life. Fortunately for my mom, she was able to get us out of a challenging situation. And we moved to a little small town in East Tennessee uh, where my grandmother and grandfather lived. Grandfather happened to be my high school football coach and um, really changed my life. And at that point, as a young kid, I became like the equipment manager for the high school football team. And he had me do a lot of different tasks. I used to have to carry the ice buckets down for practice and go run on the field and get the kickoff tee and all that stuff. But in the midst of all of that, I fell in love with the game of football and through a lot of hard work. Through grit, he taught me to respect the game of football and how I was going to be able to chase my dreams. Jason noted his difficulty
0: adjusting to playing football at the college level and said his grandfather helped push him through the
7: adversity. And when I got to Tennessee, I, I realized uh, really quickly that I wasn't that good. I thought I was going to be a defensive end. Very early in my freshman year, the coach came up to me and said, hey, we're going to go move you to tight end, which... For any defensive player you know, like, that's just basically telling you you're not a very good athlete when they move you to tight end. And uh, I remember calling my grandfather shortly after Coach Fulmer had told me that. He didn't allow me to have much time to sulk and think about it. And I was complaining and, you know, just like any young athlete, maybe I should leave, maybe I should go somewhere else. And he said, son, listen to me. He says, you need to stop that. You need to go listen to those coaches. You need to put your head down and then you go work. Jason shared the
0: story of crossing paths with fellow inductee Andre Johnson before the 2003 NFL Draft.
7: When I was 20, I was coming out after my junior year, and my first visit I went to was the Houston Texans. And Andre was on the same visit with me, and they actually had the third pick in the draft. And I knew they weren't picking me for three, you know, and uh, I was just hoping that next round maybe they would consider me. And I don't know if Andre even remembers this, but the GM at the time, he had this gauntlet of drills for us to go through, and nothing had to do with football. And it was testing our, like, peripheral vision and all these kind of things. And I remember I walked out, and I was obviously very green at the time, and uh, they had, like, a beanbag toss with these glasses that you put on. And the glasses made the, the hole look like it was over here, but it was actually over there. Do you remember that, Andre? <laughs> and, and, uh... I remember I came out of there, I was like, man, I think I went like five for ten if I was lucky. You know, the first three, I just, I was nowhere even close. I said, I don't think the Houston Texans are going to draft me, you know, after this one. You know, of course, I watched the draft like all of us do, and Andre gets picked with the third pick. I said, man, he must have done better at the beanbag toss. I <laughs> Jason
0: stated he felt honored to be part of the Texas Sports Hall of Fame joining many legends of the Dallas Cowboys, and noted how Texas compares with other states in terms of great
7: athletes. I mean, not only are they some of the greatest Dallas Cowboys, I mean, those are some of the greatest to ever play, but the first thing that comes to my mind is they did it the right way, you know, and I think when you come to Cowboys, when you play football in the state of Texas, whether it's collegiately or professionally, there's a standard that you must uphold, and those names that you mentioned, guys that, across the state like Andre and so many more, um, They did it the right way. They held the standard. Who they were on the field were some of the best at their position, but also how they went about it, how they carried themselves. And I just think more than anything, I have so much respect for Texas sports as a whole, not only the people that are on this stage, but the great athletes. I don't know that any other state can compete like this level does in this state. So honored to be here tonight.
0: Jason Witten's career accomplishments were no accident. His 11 trips to the Pro
7: Bowl came as a result of working hard every day. For 15 years, I tried to approach my career like I was an undrafted rookie. Because the thing about the NFL is that every day you wake up, somebody's coming to take your job. Every day, they're coming to take your job. So when I woke up early in the morning, I would drive in, and I would think that I was an undrafted rookie. And I would approach it that I have to earn it today. And all the catches, all the awards, that was great. But really, what I've looked at it as is opportunity to go chase greatness. Witten recognized how all the inductees overcame
0: adversity on and off the field and gave encouragement to the next generation
7: of athletes. Certainly, each of them have special talents that help them be successful in their careers. But when I really kind of step back, I think the thing I appreciate about them more than anything else is the adversity and how they overcame it. I think none of them would be standing on this stage or sitting here if they wouldn't have had that mindset to overcome it. And if I could just send one message to the young kids that are out there, when you feel that fire, don't be afraid to go after it. Don't be afraid to chase it. Don't listen to the naysayers, as Nancy said. Put your head down, work hard, make the right decisions, both on and off the field or on and off the court. And you'll be proud of it, regardless if you get a championship or not. You'll be proud of that work ethic. And as I make this comeback, I don't know what it holds. Gosh, I don't know what it holds. But I do know that I'm going to commit myself to playing at the highest level I can play at. I do know that when it's over, through all the adversity, that it keeps coming, that I'll be proud of the decisions that you make. So for those young kids out there, keep dreaming to the Texas Hall of Fame, some of the greatest athletes ever. I'm humbled and honored to be a part of it. Thanks for tonight.
0: We had a chance to speak with Mr. Cowboy, the legendary Bob Lilly, who recalled for us being drafted out of TCU and why he chose to play for the NFL's Dallas Cowboys rather than the AFL's Dallas Texans, now known as the Kansas City Chiefs. We didn't have phones back then. In fact, we didn't have phones in our room.
8: We had a pay phone in the dorm. And uh, as well as I can remember, they called Coach A. Martin and let him know and then he got me down there and I think Gil Brandt's the one that told me. So that's how I became their first draft pick ever. I'd already been drafted by the Texans. They had their draft early. So I asked Coach Abe Martin, what do you think I ought to do? I've been drafted by the Texans and the Cowboys. And he said, well, Robert, they call me Robert. If the money's about the same, if I were you. And he said, I know both families and they are very nice people. I think I would go with the NFL, because he said, I've seen two other teams come to Dallas and not make it. I don't think Dallas will support more than one, and that's why I went with Cowboys, because most of my buddies on the Southwest Conference teams went with the Texans. And so I had more friends there at first on the Texans. In fact, when we went after practice, we'd meet at a certain little restaurant or somewhere and have a beer or a Coke or something and visit. After the third season, they moved to Kansas City the Chiefs, so I, I would have had to go to Kansas City. So I'm glad that I did sign with the Cowboys, but the Texans outgrew us crowd-wise, and they just had a better team to start with, but then we got better and better, and it all worked out.
0: Congratulations to the 2019 induction class of the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. Truly a tremendous group, both as athletes and as people. Thank you for listening to in the locker room with the inductees of the 2019 class of the texas sports hall of fame on the texas sports hall of fame podcast presented by the hampton inn waco north